0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast. This week, we have a special one. We're doing keep or mulligan. The thing you never see on Commander Clash is our mulliganing decisions. So we're going to talk about a bunch of scenarios and see what we're going to do and uh, see if you agree with us. Uh, So I am Richard, the Codfather. Join with me today. Tomer, very handsome in a beanie and t-shirt. What is that combination? Are you cold or are you hot, Tomer? I believe Richard,
1: as a Canadian, you know this is called a toque, not a beanie. I'm disappointed in (laughs) Really? (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, are we, are we getting to the tooth debate? Here? <laughs> <Yeah>. if, if <laughs> if Seth, the- call, I, I, remember, I remember what Seth calls it. Seth calls it a winter hat. No, a winter hat, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh no. From, from, from upstate New York, I think he is very qualified <laughs> to talk about warm. I do know about winter warm yeah. clothing you put on your head. <laughs> We're, Seth, I'm more northern North North. olive. How are you doing? I, I, I'm doing well in my winter hat. <laughs> And uh, Krim is normally here, but he couldn't make it today due to power outage reasons. Uh, so, we'll, we'll make up his answers for him when yeah. we feel appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you don't come up to the, the Clash podcast. You you keep five landers with no ramp. Okay. Oh. So, uh, before we get underway, we have some, uh, some bookkeeping to do. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can... Uh, support us monetarily by going to mggoldfishmerch.com. Clearing out Richard's garage. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there, so so get busy, everyone. And then also, if you if you just wanna just wanna help us out without dropping any uh, hard earned money, you can give us a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We're on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, etc. Uh, so yeah, those are good easy ways to support us. So. Let's get in, into it, gentlemen. So, uh, mulliganing is very important. I don't know why no one talks about it. Uh, you build a deck, you play it. Part of playing it is mulliganing, and probably it sets up your first kind of, like, three or four turns, so you should probably do it well. Uh, so that's why we're talking about it because a lot of people are asking, why are you talking about mulliganing in a casual podcast? Well, it, it, it's kind of important to how you play. Uh, And I don't know if you guys agree with me on that. Like, do is mulliganing important here? Are we tryharding? Do you mulligan, like, any differently? 60 card versus 100 card? Like, what, what are your general thoughts on mulliganing before we get into the scenarios?
2: People should mulligan way more in Commander. One of the unique aspects of Commander is you get a free mulligan. Like, so if your first hand is not doing what you want it to do... I think people should be way more willing to ship that first hand and get a look at another at another free one. You also get a draw on your first turn. So even if you end up having you a six, it's not really the end of the world and it's commander and you had a bunch of opponents. People usually aren't going to punish you too much if you stumble a little bit. So I think mulliganing is very important and we should all probably mulligan more often in commander.
1: Mm hmm. I think it it's definitely different in terms of what I'm looking for in Commander versus what I'm looking for in a one v one v one format though. Like I'm okay in Commander, for example, to not have like a one drop or a two drop, depending on my deck. Like if I just have like three or four lanes, I'm much I'm much happier in Commander being like, All right, I'm gonna hit my lane drops and my deck, you know, starts pumping out threats at so like turn turn four or whatever. I'm okay with that. Whereas in like a draft format or just like any 1v1, it's like, I got to have a curve. I can't just have like, I can't just play a lane drop, lane drop for the first two turns and then expect to live versus like aggro or something, you know? Like, so it's different, but I think it's equally important because you don't want to be in a format where you get a free mulligan. Why would you not take a free mulligan uh, to ensure that you have like a decent start, right?
0: It and it get think worse. It could get worse. <laughs> isn't, that the, isn't that the big fear that everyone has? Uh, like you're like, I have lands, I have spells. What if I mulligan into yeah. a no lander, and then there's my free mulligan. I got mulligan again, Now I'm on six cards. Right? I think it's that kind of fear of the unknown. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with that. People should mulligan way more, uh, sixty card formats included. I think people do not mulligan enough, and I think. For me, the, the general strategy is the same, although the implementation is different. Like, Does this hand support your game-winning strategy? Mm-hmm. If not, you should mulligan. Like In 60-card in formats, you might need a one-drop. In 100-card formats, uh, that might mean ramp and draw, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that, right? Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's pretty important. And uh, for whatever reason, we cut it out of Commander Clash. So today, we're going to go through all of our mulliganing <laughs> decisions uh, live for you guys. And then... Uh, Listeners, you can tell us if you agree with us, or uh, you would mulligan differently, because uh, I'm actually curious, because I don't know if I'm doing it correctly, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. So let's get underway. First situation, okay? Now, these are a bit loosey-goosey. I'll, I'll give you a general shape of your hand. Uh, you might need to kind of quantify it depending on, like, which commander you have and stuff like that, but we'll, we'll get to it. This one's easy. Uh, Seth, strip mine, commandeer, five blue cards. <laughs> Sn- Snapkeep. <laughs> Snapkeep, because I'm gonna end up with Tomer's
2: mana crypt anyway, so it's kinda like having two extra lands in hand, so yeah. <laughs> Every time. I'm not keeping because <laughs> the one
1: thing the one thing I have to do before Commander Clash is done slash so I leave it is I have to get him back for it. You so gotta... this Tomer is my best his revenge. I need to also make it. sure there's like an episode or a, or a season where Manacrypt is no longer on our house ban list just so I can get on with it.
0: So oh, who remembers which year or episode that was from, but that actually happened and <laughs> it was a long going meme of Commander Clash, so uh, I remember. check it out somewhere, we we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll will link the reference if you're
1: If you're watching this on YouTube, it's popping up as a card now, so.
0: <laughs> okay, let, let, let's get into the, the serious hands here. Zero Lander, okay? Uh Zero lands, mana crypt, on color signet. Is this a keepable hand?
2: So, so, okay. It depends a little bit on the colors of your deck. If you're a two-color deck, I would probably keep this. Because I'm going to assume that that signet is going to give me all the colors I need. I'm going to have access to three mana on turn two, which is actually one ahead of where I'd normally be if I was making land drops. And I got all the lands in my deck, so my odds of drawing them are not actually that bad. So I think in a two-color deck, snap keep three plus color decks. That's where it gets a little sketchy because it would depend on the hand. Am I missing a color to cast my commander? Can I cast all the stuff in my hand? So I think that's where I'm at. Snap keep two color. Outside of that, more on the fence.
1: I'm like I'm I, I agree with Seth. Like if it's a two two color deck, yes. I would, I would keep it. If it was more than that, probably not, depending on the rest. But it also depends on the rest of the cards. Like, can I cast anything else with three mana? And if I can, then that's, that's probably a, that's probably a yes. If like, it's like those two cards and like a bunch of six drops and my commander can't come out either, then no. So it really depends. Can I, it's three mana. It's good. It's it it hits both of my colors, which is good. But can I cast anything with it immediately? That that'd be the next question. If that's also yes, then it's then it's a keep for me.
0: Uh, I think I all this in all scenarios. Are you afraid of so, the so vandal this blast? Is a, this is a super risky hand, right? So you have three mana, but it's all fragile. Okay, so like if if anything happens, someone like has a vandal blast they want to troll you with or whatever like you're 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 kind of done but like you are setting yourself up to miss like consecutive land drops coming here right like even if you you know rip off a secret rendezvous like unless you're actually drawing three lands you're gonna miss land drops and you're just falling behind and you have this fragile ramp if you hit land drops you become very scary even though you may not be scary because, like, you're going to run out of lands eventually. Mm. So I think... I don't know. I think this is just, like, a bad situation. Like, if you if you make, like, one land drop, your opponent's like, oh, my goodness, he's on four mana or something, right? Like, we got to kill him. And then you miss all of the rest of your land drops and do nothing and die. Uh, or you just miss land drops and then you're just going backwards. So I would actually keep, like, a three lander, like, no ramp over, like, this like, very fragile ramp. And then you're also taking... Damage with Mana Crypt, right? I don't know if that counts for anything, but... I so it's a little... I, no it's fear. pretty risky for my, my, my taste. No Especially fear. Especially if this was like a seven. You get a free mulligan. I think you would mull this.
2: And if you do get scary... It's probably easy for someone to take out, like, the Mana Crypt or something, and then you become very unscary and do nothing. We've seen that happen to Phil a couple of times in recent seasons where, like, he has this Mana Rock draw, but only a couple of lands, and then the Mana Rocks get taken out, and he just doesn't play for the rest of the game. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or if Signet dies, you don't have colored mana. That, that's another that's also issue bad. this. Like, you, this is kind of more like one land Ancient Tomb or something. Like, you, you could be color-screwed, um, so... Yeah, this one's, this one's a tough one. But I, I know a lot of people will greedy keep this and then just pop off. right? They just, <laughs> they just draw land, land, land card draw or something, right? And it looks amazing. But then I can see someone playing a collector oof and you being like Done. doing absolutely nothing. Okay. Let's move on to the one-landers. Now, I, I know these situations have come up quite a bit on Clash, and I, I think we waffle on this. So, one land rampant growth, where that one land is a green land. Is that good enough? Okay, so, it kind of depends
2: on what else is in my hand. If you add Kadama's Reach or Cultivate into that hand, I would would keep it. I think the math favors keeping it. If not, then I think it's a super easy mulligan. Because even if you get lucky and do hit the land... What are you doing after that? You still only have three mana. Uh, you might not have anything else to do. So if I know I could follow it up with another ram spell, if I get to three mana, then I, then I think I would keep it. I actually math this out. You're like sixty five percent to hit a land in your two draws. So by your turn two, you sh- you're sixty five percent. So two thirds of the time, roughly. How many lands? like 37 land lands.
0: That's
1: assuming you're playing thirty eight lands. Okay, so for for our average viewer, it plays thirty lands. That the oh, if you're playing thirty against... lands, you should probably be mulliganing <laughs> again. Twenty <it>
0: lands. <laughs> well, well, so so if you're playing like thirty eight lands, but like six MDFCs? Does that so the tap lands? lands. The tap but lands, tapped, I, uh, right? yeah.
2: I think that's okay. I think that's okay because I just want lands in the absolute sense. Like, mm. it would be annoying if I have an MDFC and I have to wait a turn to play my rampant growth. But if I'm starting with one land and one rampant growth, I just want any lands I can hit. So I think it's just a mall unless I have like a cultivator of Kadama's Reach. Then I'd be willing to risk it because then I'm going to have a handful of action and my mana is going to be good. If I draw one single land, then I am just off to the races. I don't keep this. I mean, yeah, if I have like a Kodama's
1: reach or something as well in here, but like, if this is just like, if this is just like land and a rampant growth and then a bunch of like non land put stuff into your hand, this is worse than a two lander keep, which I also yeah. would be very suspect on. Like uh, the rampant growth is just worse because if you don't hit the land, even if it's like a 65% chance, that's not good enough for me at all. So uh, it's, it's worse than a two lander because the the second land which is the ramping growth is not a guarantee and then even if you even if you do go to your three lands what are the odds that you're going to keep hitting your land drops after that i don't know you need you need something else to like put lands into your hand guaranteed afterwards so like I nine times out of 10 i wouldn't keep this but i'm also a hypocrite so who knows
0: okay okay bigger i i think i agree with right? i I wouldn't keep this because that rampant growth might as well just be a a land that's like guaranteed as opposed to like a one-third chance you don't play magic right here uh what about the bigger the bigger brother two lands kodama's reach i am more
2: i am i i am likely to keep that snap keep because Oh, uh, is it a Snap Keep? Snap Keep. I've done it every time, and I've never punished the Snap Keep. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if I consider it a Snap Keep, but I think it's a keep. Like, not only is any land going to let you play, but any two-mana ramp spells going to let you play. So your odds of hitting are, like, even higher. So I think I would normally keep that in most decks.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a okay. snap because it, it takes you to four. Man- okay, so you got to hit one land, but then you go to four mana, right? Because it, it gives you like an extra land. So like you you got to sweat it for a turn, and then you're it's like clear sailing. Whereas some of the other scenarios where you, you keep you got to keep sweating for like the rest of the game to keep drawing cards. So the the, the built in card draw here, I think, really helps you. And I'm I'm almost positive this has happened on Commander Clash many times, and we always snap keep it. And I think we've been punished, like, maybe once. And maybe it's actually Seth, which is why he was... Uh, I think it was Seth that actually got punished for this once. But that, most of the time, that... <laughs> it's Tomer that gets away with it. <laughs> I think that's why I'm the one person
2: that's not Snapkey, because I remember getting getting punished with yeah. this one before.
0: <laughs> I keep it, like, I
1: keep it, and then I never get punished. I think also we had a debate once with, like, Tom. He he joined in for, like, we were playing, like, an arcade... I was playing, like, my arcane deck or whatever, and he talked about like he had a two lander of a Kodama's reach, and he wasn't punished either. So I think statistically, it's 100% of the time. 90% of the time it works, or 50% of the time it works every time. I believe that's, a, that's how, how it says. So yeah.
0: All right. Does Vampiric Tutor count as a land? If I have one land, Vampiric Tutor, is that keepable? Cause you okay the the one land is a swamp or something right? So you yeah, cast yeah a it's, it's like It's funny so like it so you can cast you can, a vamp tutor. Let's say you can vampiric tutor for an ancient tomb, so you can yeah. get two mana, or you can you can vampiric tutor for a Karoo or something, uh, a bounce land. Is it, like, is this good enough? I I know, I know you guys hate casting tutors for lands, and we always like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> do what we do we you gotta do mock though. Each other for it, but <laughs> is this keepable?
2: This hand is so interesting to me because you get that free draw on your first turn. So you keep this hand, you draw, if you draw a land, things are great. You can like tutor up a soul ring if you want to and play it the next turn and you have tons of mana. If you don't draw a land, then you got the fallback plan of like vampire tutor to get the ancient tomb or get a dual land or get a bounce land. I, I I lean towards yes on this one. I think this is a keep for me. It's not a snap keep, but I like the flexibility that Vampiric Tutor has to offer. Uh, w- combined with that, mm. getting to draw on your first turning commander.
1: I think it also depends on what I'm going to be doing with like the equivalent of like three mana or whatever, because that's what what I kind of view it as. Is like you can have a land, and then you can Vamp Tutor for like a Sol Ring or an Ancient Tomb or a Bounce Land. Any any way you slice it, it's like basically you have like three mana with these with these two cards at the end. Is the rest of my hand slash my commander something that I can play with with three land with three mana? And if the answer is yes, then that's an easy keep. If the answer is no, I guess it depends on the rest of the cards, but I'd be more like it would be more up in the air,
2: right? But I, I don't think this is a bad hand. I think it's way better than the rampant growth one lander. Yeah. I think the one lander vampire tutor is like way better than rampant growth one lander.
0: Is it the so so that Vampiric Tutor is essentially a Mulligan, right? Like vamp- Vampiric Tutor is you go down a card because you, you don't draw, right? You put it on top, so it's essentially a Mulligan where you get to choose one land blank, right? Like when it, you get to choose that other card, mm-hmm. and then you're just ripping cards off the top. So is that you, you get the. You get the- you get the upside, though, because if you
2: run hot and just draw lands, then your Vampiric Tutor can get your whatever, you know, combo piece or whatever bomb that you want or a card draw spell or something. So I like the I like the upside of the Vampiric
0: Tutor. But it's an effective six-card hand, but if it's your first mulligan, you can mulligan back into a nev- another seven-card hand, right? So shouldn't you just take the mulligan here? And then if it's if this is your second mulligan, then you can be like, well, this is the same as a to Six, so I'll just keep this kind of what like it, it is it is like a
1: going down to six but mulligans are random whereas this one guarantees that you're going to be getting the best draw possible so yeah it's not ideal but i do like that the idea of you got to see you got to draw one card if that's a land you get to adapt and if it's not land you get the best you get to get the best land out of your out of your deck so it's like a it's like a supercharged six. It's not like an ideal seven, but it's not as bad as a fully randomized six, in my opinion. So, but then again, I mean, there is a free us off the rails here. Okay, this is
0: this is Richard big big brain moment. Okay, what if instead of playing thirty-seven lands, I cut like four lands and just play tutors? <laughs> so that i can use the tutors to fetch up basics but in in the upside where i get to draw more you know where i actually have lands i can use them as tutors is there any world in which that is correct i think the problem is the lack of cheap
2: tutors if there were like four one mana tutors you could play then i think that would actually probably be a fine strategy I don't know if you cut four lands, but it's need three tutor? or there's, something.
0: There's like two mana tutors, right?
2: Uh, are there? You got demonic tutor, and then you're up to three mana mostly. I don't know. That the would be my concern. Mana. Like
0: infernal tutor.
2: How are you gonna sacrifice something if <laughs> <laughs>
0: if you if you don't have any mana to cast something? Or... <laughs>
2: mm, I mean, it's an interesting idea, but uh, I lean towards no on that. Mm-hmm. But I do think if you're playing enough tutors, you probably can cut a land or two. Yeah. Like, if your deck's playing eight tutors, why not? It's just, like, cantrips. It's kind of similar to the, the theory with cantrips, that if you're playing a ton of cheap cantrips, you can get by, you know, with the Xerox thing of, like, cutting a land or two, because your cantrips can find you lands if you need them to. I think the same would be true of, like, a bunch of cheap tutors.
1: It is mana efficient, though. If you're, like, running, like, Sylvan Scrying and taking out a land for it or whatever, paying two mana to put a land into your hand so you can get your land drop for the turn, it does mean, like, if I do have, like, a two drop, on turn two, but uh or sorry, I have like a three drop on turn three and I'm missing my third land and I'm paying two mana to find that land and hit my land drop, that means I didn't cast my three drop, so I don't know.
0: But the That's upside, going. Tomer, is mm. when you draw your eighth land, yes. you can now be a demonic tutor, yeah. <laughs> which can be something legitimate, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, the mana tutors is a good always idea, good. I but mean, interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, all reviewers run like thirty lands. Like, maybe this is <laughs> like this is <laughs> we'll kind work. of the thing, right? They're like, we'll, we'll put mana rocks in. Uh, so, so, so runs very few lands because everything is super efficient, and they have cantrips, right?
1: And their mana value and, is average. Mana value is yeah. far lower than a casual deck. Like, they're... and
0: you have tutors to like, yeah, fix it. <laughs> yeah
1: that's like they they run ad nauseum because their mana their average mana cost is so low like if you put ad nauseum in your oh, like a random commander deck that's casual it's it's gonna kill you <laughs> yeah Fifth not so good
2: die in like three cards yeah. with an ad nauseum <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> all right i threw forest, in, i threw
0: in one yeah forest wild growth mind stone hunter's insight which is a, a draw spell snake umbro which is also a draw spell, and your commander is a three-jab Halar. This is li- isn't this I've, like the god hand? Of- I've literally, <laughs> I've literally had
1: this situation, and I, I asked people if this was a. Uh, Keep or not? So this is why I threw it in here.
2: So so I I would say this is a mall. So the problem is is Halars grew Halars two colors two colors. So (laughs) so this hand okay okay this hand needs to draw (laughs) another land to do anything. Like this hand by itself you can forest wild growth mine stone, but then your card draw all depends on having a creature out, and your commander needs a red source. So I. It would be super risky. Like, the upside is, if you high roll and draw the red source, then this hand's really good. You play Hilar and you draw a ton of cards and everything goes well. Needing a specific color of land or another ramp spell, though, that makes me too nervous. I think I would ship it because of the color screw. If I was playing Omnath or Finn or some, like, mono green Commander that was this same scenario, Snapkeep. Snapkeep, no second thoughts about it.
0: I snap this off, so now I understand really? what the trick is. I still snap this off. Like, you need one land. That's like, The switch. rest of your game plan is like explosive. Like, like this is like a game winning hand, right? It's not like you need one land and then like you limp along, right? Like you're gonna draw cards now, uh, and you don't. Like it's not over if you don't draw that fourth land. You can draw any like three drop. Like mono green three drop, right? And then it it will it will fix you, right? And, and then in addition, you draw a red land. Uh you can draw any of your green ramp in the in this time to to fix this as well, which will fix your red. So I actually think I would snap keep this.
2: Plus you can always crack your mindstone to try to draw a red source. <laughs> yes. so, ah, so yes. so, <laughs> the good old I, uh three mana draw one hunter. <laughs> I need to to know, Tomer, how did the game go? How did the game go? Well, you can watch this. It's an abridged gameplay video that
1: that I posted on the channel, so link popping up if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, The way it it ended up is I drew Incubation Druid on turn one, Um, not a land, and Incubation Druid is basically a a two-mana dork that can tap for any color, essentially. Um, So I was already good on red, by turn one on my first draw. But then the second turn, I drew a mountain, and then the third turn, I drew Kodama's Reach that I was coasting.
2: <laughs> oh, so you probably ran away with that game. Then. With <laughs> yes. that, like, with that hand, with having the mana, like, you're in amazing shape.
1: Yeah, and then I drew into oh, protection for Halar,
2: so I started just drawing cards and stuff, so it was fine. Oh, Although hilariously, Incubation Druid actually only makes mana of a color of a type of land you control produces. <laughs> So I don't even know the incubation druid actually solved your problem there, but the Kadamas reach saved, saved it.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) being, being green saves everything because you can draw into any like two or three mana ramp or like a lot. There's a lot of utility creatures Like you could just play a rex age to get some hunter's insight (laughs) value. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things you could be doing to, to get yourself out of this with these colors. I all think. Right, that, uh, oh, go ahead. ahead. Okay. I was just gonna say. I think that actually really changes the math
2: a bit too. Just having all those rampant growth effects and so forth. I think it makes it a lot easier to keep the the borderline hands if you have that compared to another color.
1: Yeah, because you're not dependent on just your lands in your deck, which okay. is like 36 or 38 or whatever, whatever number. You're getting like it's, 10
2: yeah. extra hits or uh, six extra hits or something. Yeah, uh, to Mana the math. fixing
1: ramp is like a very important consideration because it does increase your hit count a lot.
0: All right, non-green deck, one land, three two mana rocks, th- uh, and then three cards CMC five or greater. So you assume that if you <laughs> if you can
2: cast your hand, it's probably good because you have a bunch of expensive cards. If you draw one land, you probably can cast your hand eventually, maybe slowly. Snap kid.
0: Wow, I was gonna I was gonna say snap mall. <laughs> This is a snap ball, I think. Like you're snap three, keep three like the mana rocks, you're gonna have to cast them like every turn. So you're, you're yeah. playing at like a, a penalty just to keep up with <laughs> no, the, here, the board. Here, because
1: this is how this is how it works if I keep it. So I draw the land on turn two, I play my first mana <laughs> rock, and then turn uh three, I play two mana rocks, and I'm gonna hit another land, and then I'm gonna play a birds
2: of paradise or something. That's that's the question though, because like <laughs> If you draw one land the hand's pretty bad still cuz like you draw the land you play a mana rock the next turn I I don't know. Well,
1: okay so if you if you I hit, guess it's
2: okay. When you got hmm.
1: one land, then you have basically well when you draw one Manor land rock you have into... five mana in your hand essentially. Yeah. I think that's uh, fine. And then you get cast we're... your 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 three cards that are CMC fire crater. I guess if they're like all sevens then it's like well, bad yeah. but if they're all fives Or if there are fives that draw me cards or whatever.
0: Like if it's a five that draws me cards. I don't even play mana rocks, like period. Because I think they're incredibly risky. And then now you're (laughs) trying to convince me to keep one landers like totally relying on
1: mana rocks. You gotta stop living in fear. You can't live your life in fear. You
0: have to say YOLO.
1: You just have to be like, Uh, deal with it. And if you can deal with it, I'll be sad. But if you don't, I'm going to be
2: really happy. Okay, Richard. Same hand, but replace the mana rocks with rampant growths. Would you keep it? Like, is it just the fragility of the mana rocks that you don't like, or is the hand itself like the problem? So,
0: I, I think if so, if the actual like action cards are extremely good, I would keep. But if they're mediocre, I would mull because like the the mm-hmm. rampant growths are essentially like your land drops, but you have to pay mana for them. Right. right. So you know you're not actually accelerating ahead of anyone. Like. You know, I guess you are slightly, but like to me that's not strong enough, right? So if the rest of the hand was nuts, then yes, I would keep that. But uh, the fragility of the mana rocks is definitely a thing, right? Because there, there are worlds where you go like one land, three mana rocks, and then you draw more cards. You play like two more mana rocks or something, turn six whatever. You have like two lands, four mana rocks, someone rats, and then your game is over. <laughs> I call it yeah, the farewell. Get you, yeah. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, It's very likely that like you can't. So the <laughs> thing with making land drops is you can't make up for them. Like no matter like how far you go into the future, unless you're playing a deck with actual ramp like green, like once you've missed that land drop, you forever miss it, right? And you can make up the mana with like mana rocks and dockside and things like that. But if someone removes that, you are set back like super far behind. So mm-hmm. I i value slow and steady hit those land drops uh rampant growth counts as a land drop like i, I ignore opposition agent people are like oh but what if Krim is here Just <laughs> assume that's not going to happen <laughs> and like your rampant growth counts as a land uh but the the mana rocks are a bit sketched to me
1: i don't i don't see live sam black deck building over there yeah i don't i don't live in fear though I'm okay with it. I do agree though, like, the, the five drop that you, you're casting into has to be decent. It has, it, yeah. I, ideally it needs to draw cards. That's the big thing. If it's drawing cards, if it's getting me more action, but also drawing me lanes as well, then it's, then it's the easiest keep of my life. But, um. Yeah, I mean you could also just not do anything with this hand, right? Like if you don't see your your second land, you're you're not doing anything, but I'm going to
2: draw that land. I know it. So I I it's think fine. well uh, the the problem is if you don't draw it, you are in for the worst 2 hours of your life. Like there's nothing worse than being the player that can't play commander when everyone else is playing. So if you what if you don't have a land for 5 turns or something? Like you literally just do nothing. I think I value avoiding that position enough that yeah. I that I think I'd want to ship the borderline hand to make sure that I get to do something rather than take the like one third risk that I do nothing or whatever the math says it is. All right, this, this one's an
0: interesting one. Planes Esper Sentinel, and then like do nothing cards, like like three three drops up. So you're, you're gonna rely on your Esper Sentinel to draw you out of this pickle you're in.
2: This one's very interesting because I think it depends on how good you are at politicking and having a poker face. Because I think if the table knows <laughs> that you need to trigger the Sentinel, that I think that like is a big problem. Like I, if they know, I think people will skip their mana rocks for a turn and playoff curve. But if you can either politick your way into it and be like, oh poor me, I kept the risky hand. Let me draw a card. <laughs> Or if you can uh, you bluff your way through it so no one knows that you're in such dire straits if this doesn't trigger, maybe. But I, I don't know. I, I would one. probably not keep it. I should this one. I think, like,
1: well, at, at, turn one Esper Sentinel is the, the the best an Esper Sentinel can ever be. We know that statistically because we, we tracked it for a season. Like, that is when you're going to hit people's ramping growth and stuff, and they're going to do it. Like, they're not going to say... I I I want to believe in a utopia in the future. One day we'll get to the point where people will be like, "I will cast my rampant growth on turn three instead of turn two because I'm a responsible hashtag #gamer." But we're not at that world yet. We're not at it. So it's going to draw you. Prob. I would I would bank on drawing one card off Esper Sentinel if I played at turn one and I was going first. If I'm going last in the turn order and something. Then okay, I'm not gonna get it somebody's Saul Ring. But even though, no, no, and then turn two is when people are gonna play Signets and stuff, so you're going to get those. Uh,
0: yes. Wait, does that mean you wanna keep this then? I keep it. <laughs> I
1: talked I talked my way into it. I talked my way
0: well, into you, it.
2: You still you still don't have any ramp though. Like even what's your best case? You hit a land and you oh no I have two lands and do nothing. Yeah. Like that's still not an exciting hand. I think when we were talking about people mulliganing more, I think mulliganing for ramp is like the best thing to mulligan in for in Commander. So the fact that even no. if things work out, I'm not ramping and just making a land drop makes me skeptical. I feel like even the hands
0: like of
2: ceiling is not that exciting. What if you to draw me. two lands now? You can play your three yeah, drops. Like, on like, turn what, three? what if you Ooh. pop
0: off and draw three cards? Okay, so like what if yeah. it was not Esper Sentinel but like Ancestral Recall? Does that? Oh. So if King, I knew like, I was like, going to well, draw assume, three cards... Like, you're going to draw three cards, and you would assume that there are multiple lands in there, and that the rest of your game progresses? Like, is that... Mm-hmm. I think that that's what you're hoping for, right? You hope someone plays a Soul Ring into S for Sentinel, you hope the next player plays a Ramp and Growth into it, and then you've drawn, <sighs> like, a couple of cards? I think I still free roll for Ramp. I guess it would depend on my build,
2: and how many colors I am, and how much Ramp I have, but... I think I would still just free roll to try to hit, a, a, you know, a couple lands in a ram spell or something.
0: I keep so, I, I, so I've definitely run into this, and I, I usually mulligan because I'm looking for Dowsing Dagger. <laughs> the ram! You're <laughs> looking
2: for the ram! <laughs> right? I'm like I, like,
0: I have better hands than this, right? Like, anything Dowsing Dagger is a much stronger hand or like a land tax or something like even though esper sentinel is incredibly strong my deck can yield like much stronger hands so i will actually mulligan to search for them uh you know if this was like 2014 or something and that that was like a skull clamp i'm playing mono white i'm like oh no you know i gotta i gotta hold on to this like this is the best my deck will ever do i gotta keep this risky hand but yeah i think I think Seth is right. You, you try to maul into like ramp for a stronger hand, even though Esper Sentinel is really strong. Like, I think
1: I, I really the my real answer is not Snap Keep, but it's like it really depends what those three drops are, what the rest of the cards are in my hand are, and where are my commanders where are my commanders at. Because I honestly think like if I if I keep a Plains Esper Sentinel, I do a turn one Esper Sentinel. I'm expecting to draw at least two cards I think by the end of like by ho- depending on where I'm also sitting if I'm like last on the Torn Order and, and I, I drop this on turn one I assume people's turn twos somebody's going to, to feed me at least one card and if somebody got the Sol Ring start I mean that's very lucky of them but that's going to draw me a card as well but then somebody on turn two is going to be either a Signet or a Talisman or a Rampant Growth so I'm going to draw a card off that and then, like, it really depends if the other cards that I have in my hand are, are, are worthwhile, like, exciting enough that I want to keep. Like, if they're all, like, do-do, do-nothings, like, if they are, like, six drops and stuff that I can't even cast for many, many, many millennia, then, yeah, I'm going to ship it. But, like, if they're really good, like, I don't know. It's, like, a three drop is, like, a Kodama's Reach or something. I don't know. Like, it's something good, then then I'll keep it. I, I I'm pretty sure I've, I in commander Clash, at least I don't think I I remember keeping more less than like uh uh like three lands in my hand like it's always like three nah. or four, but then when we, when we get to these like interesting debates where you have like this really powerful thing at the beginning, then then I I get greedy, but realistically I'm like
0: three or four I'm, I'm a three or four person.
1: Okay,
0: so two landers. Okay, so two lands. And then random crap, okay? So, like, no yeah. ramp in there. But just, like, two lands and, like, things you can probably cast, like, you know, threes and four drops and two drops. Like, is that enough? Are we... We've been talking about, like, a magical, like, three lander all the time. Is three lands to cut off? Is, is two lands random stuff good enough? So, two lands, no ramp. I'm
2: shipping, I think, every time. Cause I, I, I really want the ramp spell. I think mulliganing for ramp is really powerful. So, I think I, if, if it's my first mulligan and I'm mulliganing to seven, I think I'm shipping that every time to try to hit a ramp spell. If I've already mulliganed once, that's where it becomes interesting. If I'm going to six the next time, two lands, hopefully I got like a three drop that maybe does something. <laughs> then i'm then i'm i don't like going to six. so the free mulligan easy snap mall once i'm down to a mulliganing to six, so then i'm kind of like oh i probably like ah boy i probably end up keeping it and regretting it would be my guess (laughs) (laughs) i think generally speaking yeah if it's like a two lander and
1: how many high impact things you have at two i don't know if it's like two lander and like a I like an Esper Sentinel. I'm, I'm snap keeping it again. <laughs> yeah, Mystic Remora. <laughs> yeah, Mystic Remora. Even like a if if I was playing Ristic Study, if I had like two lands on a Ristic Study, I'd probably keep it. Stoneforge, find find another land. Drop down Ristic Study. Hope for the best.
0: I think I would keep most two land hands.
1: Yeah. Why like most like in a
0: vacuum? Like most because like the way you build your deck, like what. What, what's coming? Like, what's the rest of the cards and what's coming, right? Like, if you have ramp, you can hope to draw it, right? Uh, you're very likely, 64%, to draw the third land. <laughs> Any, and, like... Every like time. It, it's, like, castable enough. Like, as long as the rest of your hand isn't, like, complete garbage, right? Like, so, like, what could happen? You could draw land secret rendezvous, right? Or you could draw, you know, catch-up ramp, or you can draw ramping growth, or whatever, right? So, I think... For me, the minimum bar is two lands, and then you gotta look at the rest of the cards in your deck. But anything below two lands is automatic mull. Two lands is where it starts getting interesting, and you can think about it a bit more.
1: Depends on what the rest of the cards are. Like, they have to be it, really good, and they have to be good early. That's the
2: thing for me.
0: Aren't all your cards good? No, because if Uh, I I have like a six drop, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I (laughs) mean, Crater is is
2: great. Sun Titan's great, but it's not going to help me there. I do think that's a good point though about ramp though. With two, with one land, your ramp's usually not going to be turned on if you top deck it. With two lands, most of your ramp is probably active. So you probably have like 50, close to 50 hits in the deck at that point. So I think the odds are actually like pretty good that you're going to hit something there. Still, though, why why keep a hand like that when you get a free mulligan, and you can like mulligan into what I would consider—I mean, I guess maybe if the you hand can is mull into a one-lander uh, or a
0: zero-lander or a six-lander, right? Uh, if the hand
2: is like the Tomer Halar hand, where it's like, if I hit the land, I win the game. Okay, I can see that. But if it's just like medium stuff, I don't know. I think I'd spin for the upside of uh,
0: of getting a better hand. Believe in the heart of the card set. So, 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 unironically, <laughs> this is why I don't play, like, spot removal. This is why I don't play, like, situational cards. Because I, I like knowing that all of my draws are live, right? And I, I, I really try to limit, like, you know, the Teferi's protections and things like that to, like, a certain number so that my hand isn't full of these and I'm not top-decking these things. Like, ideally... All the cards in my deck are good, and ideally, all the time, right? Obviously, that that's like ideal and not going to happen, but like, you know, I I do believe I'll rip that Dowsing Dagger off the top, right? Like it's in the deck for a reason; it, it, it's going to come, right? So, <laughs> wait, wait so you I don't, don't know. keep is that too much? Is that too much <laughs> hope you <upset. laughs> So I you don't, don't play swords. Swords. spot removals, You don't so play you draw
2: you don't know, play swords and paths so you can keep super sketchy two landers. No, I don't. I don't sure know if it's all, that all that of your game. cards are good. <laughs> and we're we're take you don't have this like
0: situational card that you're gonna sit on the whole game. Everybody like, that's in that's the YouTube comments moment. is
1: always like, Richard's like the secret uh, magic mastermind. At this real time, he's like, I don't want swords so I can keep the sketchy two landers <laughs> 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 because I <of> might <my laughs> top a swords the and then my sketchy two landers will all be punished. <laughs>
0: Keep zero lands. This is your hero comment section. This is your hero. I'm serious, though. Don't, don't play the situational cards, right? You're like, I mean, I... I, I so, so agree when, you, with when you look it. at the rest of your hand and you're like, well, the cards that do nothing. What are the cards that do nothing? The a source of the plowshares, right? Like, that's, that's not helping you get out of this, right?
1: But do you not, like, run like, Sun Titan and, like, good high-end cards because you might draw them when you have two lands?
0: No, But that's why we have a mana curve, right? Yeah, <laughs> to, like that's why you make a mana curve to make sure this part works, right? Yeah. But for cards where you have like more options, right? Like, you know, there's always these like highly situational cards that if you cast them, like you win the game, but if you don't cast them, like they kind of suck. Like, I tend not to play those type of cards, and to me, like a swords to plowshares is, is similar to like spot removal, you don't, it does nothing. Until you really need it. And then when you really need it, it's good, but before then, it's absolutely nothing. And, uh, like, a source of Plowshares is essentially a Sun Titan to me. It's like a six drop. Like, you're not gonna cast it till, like, way later in the game, and it's just gonna rot in your hand the whole time. So, like, hmm. you know, if. if if I'm snapping off the swords on turn two, like something has gone terribly wrong, right? So, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I agree. I agree with the theory.
2: I just don't know about the the reason the reasoning. So I can keep two landers, but I, I do agree. Like I also try to avoid situational cards. But
1: I well, I I just don't think sort like I don't think swords of posture is what I would consider a situational card. Like maybe in maybe in like a. I don't know, it's like, situational oh, card no! Everybody has a commander. Everybody has a creature in their command zone, and nine times out of ten, that one is like a, a card that you need to get removed. Like, if somebody's like, for example, like somebody just drops down Tatyova, if they ramp into a Tatyova and I have sorts of plowshares and I can take out Tatyova before they start like refilling their hand and they just had like a bunch of ramp, then I've set them back one or two turns. Like I've time walked it- them twice. And like you know for one man, I was worth it. You know
0: even? You, you know what's
2: even better though. Too. Is, is if someone has Tayova, no, and Tomer has Swords to Plowshares, and I get to play my good cards while you kill yeah. the Tayova. Te- <laughs> <laughs> okay. <the> <laughs> okay, but then if that's, everybody's... That's the ultimate win. <laughs> it's, it's, a,
1: it's the argument for being a parasitic player, where you're like, I'm going to just rely on everybody else at the table to deal with the situations for me so I can be super greedy with my deck building. The problem is that when everybody's parasitic, then you just all fold to the first threat that goes on the table. Table. and yeah. so you have to play for the meta you all lose it's
0: fine <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's like it's but like like, a... like once that happens then you switch the strategy sure. right like yeah there's an evolving metagame right but can... if i know there's tomer there with like eight spot removal ready to fire off like any threat of course i'm gonna sit here and let him do it right sure. and I'll, I'll sit here but but the situational part here's what i'm saying like if you have two lands and you miss your third land drop right and you you have to discard the hand, slash it everywhere, and you you fire off a swords to plowshares on someone's like random three drop commander, mm-hmm. like that's that's not a win for you. You didn't want to do that, right? You wanted to do like literally anything else, right? So yes, you could cast it, but you didn't really want to, right? So I I do think it's situational in that in that case, right? Yes, you got some value, but that's not what you really wanted to be doing. I think the situation
1: comes up often enough that like you re- you do you really do need to have a couple. Spot removal spells in your day. Like, if if it was like a disenchant and everybody wasn't running like enchantresses or whatever, then yeah, okay. I understand that. But like, everybody has a scary
2: commander in their command zone. So I'm just like, I I don't know. I mean, you do have to play some removal. I just like, I would rather play Generous Gift or Beast Within or Assassin's Trophy, like something like that over swords and And paths. Because to minimize the drawback of like, because there are situations where there's nothing you want to path or swords or whatever.
0: hater now, Seth? You're not I don't. Swords anymore? I don't play
2: swords or path anymore. I've I've bought into the Richard. Yeah, the Richard reasoning. I still play the generous gifts yes. and stuff that can I kill anything. Gifts. But yeah. I also I get
0: one spot removal. Generous
1: <laughs> Oh god! I also put generous gift over swords plasters these days because it's uh, more flexible. I, mean, I want my. I want my. Cards to be less like I agree with Richard. I, I think you don't want to run too many situational cards. But most of the type of person who will run Inksfield in my Orzov decks because I'm gonna get you. and I love it. Yeah.
2: I mean, fun. I run mana which is like the most situational yeah. card <laughs> I, I, possible. But I, yeah. there's
1: deck good deck building, and then there's just I want to play memes and, and I embrace uh, suboptimal plays, which I think that's also part of the fun of Commander too, because it is speaking like
0: speaking of maximum deck building. Two lands, darkside extortionists, random stuff. <laughs> uh, ship is that, that. maybe is that a if, key, the if most I was CDH? In EDH? <laughs> if I was in
1: CDH, I knew everybody was dropping like low cost ramp, like zero drop ramp, and and multiple like like everybody was running Mana crypt, Everybody was running Sol Ring. Everybody was running the Moxins and stuff. That everything was like all that sort of stuff and everybody's on Ristic Study in, in Mystic Remora and then, that I can be like, okay, turn two, I can play Dockside Extortionist. So I know I'm going to be making like six plus treasures and I can start yeah, playing out my cards in hand and hopefully some of them are card advantage or other ramp spells and I'm going to be absolutely fine. But like if I'm just like at like a mid power table where people are just going to be going like turn two ramping growth, And there's no enchantment on the battlefield. Somebody plays a Signet or something, and I'm looking at my, like, turn two Dockside Extortionist, and I'm making, like, two mana off it. Nah.
2: (laughs) Nah. It might depend a little bit on how many green decks are at the table. (laughs) If everyone's a green deck and playing Land Ramp, it gets worse. But I I lean towards keep. Not snap keep, but I, I lean towards keep. Even if I'm only getting so, first off, I have two lands, so I don't really need to draw land in my first two turns. So it gives me odds are I'm gonna hit my my third land drop in time, like because I get what four draws or something by the time I would miss my land drop. So I'd probably hit a land anyway, and there's a ton of upside here, like. One of the easiest ways to just run away with the game of commander is dockside extortionist into something big on like turn three or something. So I get that upside that if people are going soaring signets or something, I could just be like dropping some consecrated sphinx or some ridiculous expensive bomb that takes over the game. So soft yes, soft keep on that one.
0: I said I would keep two landers. So two <laughs> landers dockside is all upside. You like, have to now. I think I agree. like you normally don't drop dockside on turn two. Uh, even in cdh you don't sit there and just run your stuff out to get instantly countered and lose the game right <laughs> like it's usually more of like a four or five drop uh but it's a really good four or five drop so you just sit on the two lands and hope you draw more which you most likely will and then just play your game and you, you have this kind of bomb sitting in your back pocket so i think this is a keep but you need to also hit two lanes like it says no everything else is four
1: or more mana so you need to. Well,
2: but your dockside is probably helping with that to some extent. Like, yeah, that can be really up want for... to, Do you
1: really feel good about running out like a
2: dockside and making like two treasures or something? I feel good about it, but if it's letting me cast my five drop or four drop or something, I'll, I'll deal with it. But then you can You're play one
1: four drop anyway. or five drop, and then you have to hope to keep hitting land so you can cast the rest of the cards in your hand.
0: So Don't right, like when, when you're what blanking on your draws, you're drawing something, right? So unless you keep drawing like seven drops or whatever, yeah. like you're probably drawing like low cost things that you can play. But yeah, it's gonna depend on what what those cards are, right? Like, and I, I think I the answer to all this it. is if that four plus mana thing is like a card draw spell or a ramp spell or something that that kind of excuses the shaky keep earlier, right? Because once once you get there, like you're golden, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I kept oh, right. every single one lander that we had as a scenario, so...
2: <laughs> so you gotta keep the two landers. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> also, just mathematically, uh, if you're getting three draws in a scenario, you're up to, like, 77% to hit a land out of those three draws. So I think that's a lot better than, like, you're up to, what, like, four-fifths of the time instead of one-third of the time. So I think that's enough to to make me change my feelings on it, too.
0: We have a very specific <laughs> one here. <laughs> Perforals, bronze-blooded as the commander, okay? Two mountains, faithless looting, a braid, Felden of the Third Path, Chaos Wharf, Magus, uh, Magnus of the Wheel. Doesn't this end, like, great? I mean, I I lean
2: towards snap.
0: <laughs> there's deep. so much spot removal in it, you got well, it Well, you got Faithless
2: away. looting, yeah. You can loot it away. I don't run the braid and stuff, but... So, <clears throat> so there's no there's no ramp, which is a thing I don't like about this yeah. hand. But, yeah. Faithless looting <laughs> yeah. is almost gonna surely hit your land drops, and then you have multiple powerful three drops, Felden and Magus and Chaos Warp. I don't know, I think the hand's... Uh, for being a non rampant like i want rampant's most but for being a non rampant that one seems decent i think i would keep it
1: so i can tell you as someone who does i do have a Perforous Bronze blooded deck the number one goal of Perforous is just to get your Perforous out and he's five mana so you want to just hit your lands you want to ramp a little bit and uh, get Perforous down and then you're you're good you don't need more lands after that like you just need three mana and you're, you're golden um, I think this is pretty decent because Faithful Looting is such a solid card selection. Like, if I if I drew another card here, it would I'd probably be pitching a Braid and Chaos for my two spot removal spells, early spa removal, or yeah. or like a big fatty to because I have Felden in my hand. Um, if if we drew into it. And then you could also, if you hit one more land, you can flashback Faithless Looting to keep finding more lands after that. So Faithless Looting is letting you see two extra cards per cast. I think so. I would keep this.
0: I think I keep. I think. <laughs> So the famous looting fixes the fact that you're playing spot removal. So you check those two, <laughs> <laughs> <get> the <land. laughs> and then okay, famous looting is card disadvantage, right? But it's cool because you got Megas on the wheel to like fix all of this, right? Yes, so and also Felden It's a works. bit of a slow start, but you're guaranteed yeah. to play a game of Magic the Gathering here. Yeah, It's also um, card
1: disadvantage, and- but fell in the third path in particular, the fact that you have that in yeah. your opener, it's a reanimator card. It will let you make copies of creatures in your graveyard. So Faithless Looting, putting potential big creatures in the graveyard when you have Felden in your opener and you're just one land away from actually casting him and getting him online... Uh, makes this this Faithless Looting like way better. It it, it cuts down on the
2: badness of the card disadvantage or makes it it makes it even an upside. Same same hand no Faithless Looting is that snap Mull for everyone? Like I think that's actually more interesting. Because yeah. the odds are still pretty good that you're gonna hit the third land drop by the time you're on turn three. But for some <laughs> reason it feels so much worse without the card selection of looting. Oh it's that so much
0: mi- telling me that you don't want to play spot removal without saying it. That's like a double ball. You can ball to five before you're upset about this. Like I just, that just, a brain yeah. and chaos corp are doing nothing. Like that's a that's but a you five.
1: I <laughs> because I don't want to lose games. But not in your
0: opening hand, right? Yeah, not you, in my
1: opening hand. Just like I don't want like on turn eight, I don't want to draw Birds of Paradise, but I mean it's still good. You know, in different parts yeah, of the but, game, but right? If, but
0: if you load up your deck with, like, eight spot removal, like, every ball is going to, like, have one of these. <laughs> Get the hypergeometric oh, calculator out, right? Like, that's the problem, right? <laughs> but this yeah. is, like, a ball to five or something without the looting, right? Like, you, the abrade is useless. The chaos warp is useless. You can always, and like, then...
2: chaos warp your Felden to try to hit a land. <laughs> it's kind Whoa, of chaos warp's <laughs> kind of ramp. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, 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 that, that's... <laughs>
1: That, yeah, this, cool. this I would ship immediately if it wasn't Faithful Suiting. If it was a, la- if it wasn't land though, I would keep it. If it was instead of Faithful Suiting so a land, three... I would, I'd probably keep it. Yeah, I wouldn't be happy about it though. Mm.
0: Interesting. So three Ugh. lands, a braid, and Chaos Warp. Magus is a keep.
1: Probably. If I haven't mulled yet, I probably ship it. I've had just games of Perforos where I'm fine just being like land drop, land drop. You know, hit five lands, put Perforos on turn five and. And go from there. Like that's
0: fine. You always have to ramp. All right. Oh, I think this this one comes up often too. So two non-green sources, and then two green ramp spells, and three or more four-plus mana spells. So you, you you need to hit the green source to to make yeah. this happen. So this, I think. Uh, I think it's
2: correct to ship. I th- I think I might keep it because I'm super greedy sometimes, and I would know it's incorrect. So the problem here is your ramp's not on because you have no green man on your green deck. So your ramp's going to mostly require green, and. You're going to have some number of lands in your deck that are also whiffs. Uh, You're drawing basic mountains, basic islands or something. So you have these whiffs that are built in and whatever colorless lands you might be playing. So I think that when you consider all the ways that you could draw something that you would normally want to and still have it not work out. I think you got a mulligan it. I think you got a mulligan it.
0: I specifically remember Seth keeping these hands and doing nothing
2: <laughs> I, I i've learned i I've learned Steph Steph from my mistakes I, I, I remember
0: seth like just missing like a single green source that would turn on I and mean, then he <laughs> lamented at the end of the game he's like but look i had cultivate Kadama's reach all i needed <laughs> was that one green It really and it uh, all
1: he that he didn't draw it okay how many colors are we how many green sources are in the deck i think that's the main question is this like a is this like a five color deck? No. Is this a three color deck? Also, no. Is this a two color deck? Or is it, or, well, it, it's a one color deck and you just have like two colorless lands and like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it, I think that's, that's the major thing. If this is a two color deck and I have like, I don't know, if I have like a 70% chance of hitting just a green sword, it doesn't matter if it's like a mana rock that taps for green or if it's a green land or anything like that. Um, then, then I'm going to keep it. But, like, if I have anything lower than, like, a 70% chance, I
2: ain't ain't keeping it. But I'm probably keeping it most times. (laughs) Uh, I think it's even worse for you, Tomer, because you're going to have... Even in a two-color deck, you're going to have, like, ten islands or something. (laughs) Ten islands, because you love your basic so much. So your odds of (laughs) hitting the wrong basic is going to be high. (laughs) True. But also, I just care about the
1: hypergeometric. And if it says 99% because I did it wrong... (laughs) <laughs> and I'm keeping. Also, well, I'm never punished. Like that's the thing. It's like I'm never punished. So like, why would I ever?
0: Why would I, I, I ever mo? If I'm never punished, and the upside's so good. Okay, okay, let's say you do the math. Okay, and you get a percentage. What is your percentage cut for like a playable game? So, Toma, you just said seventy. Is that true? If it's above seventy, you're like, we're going. Hell yeah,
1: we're going. We're going for it.
0: I mean, so I think Tomer's that sounds really good if you risk- Tolerant, right because
1: if you hit that green you got two
2: ramp you got two green ramp and you're, you're set for life you're set for life i would i would keep it 70 for. i might even go down a little bit that that 64 percenter that we've been talking about throughout the <laughs> throughout the podcast i would probably keep it that like if i thought there was a two-thirds ish roughly chance that i would hit i would probably do 6%. it six percent
0: because i think that hand's like, so I, good i would have if to be hit. At like 90 or something like Ooh. i very I, I don't like having a third of my games not be games, <laughs> right? So I, ah. I would rather play a game and be bad at it and, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, be, like just be yeah. like perpetually you're doing behind things. and, like, slightly bad but get to play a game of Magic than, you know, one third of the time I do absolutely nothing. And then maybe one third of the time I pop off because I kept this, like, crazy hand. Like, I, I would rather yeah. the mid-range approach. Just always... Slow, steady, mediocre, but, like, you know. The young player
2: in Richard coming out, yeah. Just keep going.
0: Interesting. Of course, I don't know the, the actual math, so it's just all, like, YOLO decisions. It's but also, if I actually do the number, I think my number would be a lot higher than you guys. Yeah. It's hard
2: to calculate, too, because how many green sources do you have is hard to, hard to figure out without going through actual deck lists.
0: Well, if, you, if you play the same deck like continually, like you should be able to get a good idea. Get used to it, it. You know yeah. your deck just typically has like fifteen green sources, right? And when you run into these situations, you should remember the the percentages. Yeah, right. and
1: and there are there
0: are ways
1: of kind of like using math to your advantage to not just like not just like figure out whether or not you should mull or not, but also like uh just like how many lanes you should be running, how many colored sources you should be running. And two two articles that I always use for all my deck building these days uh are Frank Carson articles. That I'm gonna have linked in the in the video description here. I'm gonna post it in the article as well. Uh the first one is how many lanes do you need in your deck? which is just like talking about basic lane counts and it takes advantage of your mana curve and it also takes advantage of your commander mana value, which is also very important. Another one is like how many colored sources do you need to consistently cast your spells as well. I believe he's like like he his, his version of consistent is like 75 or 80% and that's good enough for him. Uh, and I don't know. If it's good enough for, for Frank, it's good enough for me. That's my motto.
0: <laughs> that, 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 that's 1v1 talk. So 1v1 <laughs> I, I will go very low, right? Because if yeah. you if you do a 60%er or something and then you lose, you scoop and go to next game. In commander, you sit there for 2 hours and like twiddle your thumbs as everyone else plays. So when you keep risky hands in 1v1, it's like very easy to be like, "Oh, didn't work out, scoop, right? Next on to the next one, right?" Yeah, but, but then you're behind you and people are thing. like uh,
1: uh, if you're behind, then that means people will target you less, and then you're allowed to develop. Like, it, it kind of it's fine. Like, okay, you're a little bit behind because you you didn't draw very well. Oh well, it's not because it doesn't mean you're you're out of the game for like the next hour. It just means you're out of the game for a couple of turns, and then you're probably going to give it a, get another chance at at glory. Yeah, mm.
2: it's not that. Bad. It is a good it is a good catch up hand with two ramp mm. spells. Like even if you did miss your third land drop for a turn with two ramp spells, you probably get back into it. Oh.
1: I also low-balled Frank a lot. He's His version of consistent means 90%, which Ooh. is very high. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that Where is. Where consistently Ooh. means 90% probability. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. So we should be mulliganing then, basically. A lot. Is that the TLDR from Frank? I think, Frank, was, yeah. I <laughs> think <laughs> if Frank was here, he would be yelling at us
1: to, so like, mull most of these hands. Or, <laughs> like, 66%. Yes, send
0: it. <laughs> I mean, I... Like... So, if you just play Commander without playing 60 card, uh, then you, this this concept might be known to you, right? But, like, a strong 5 card hand is way better than, like, a 7 card mediocre, mediocre hand, right? Like, if I have 4 land secret rendezvous or something, better than, like, you know, source the plowshares path to exile 5 planes or whatever. Like, you can, like, especially with Commander, with how the, the threat assessment and the targeting works and, like, the amount of power you can, like, just pop out of nowhere... Like, going down to five is not a death sentence in, in Commander, as it is in 1v1, right? Because in 1v1, as you're sitting around trying to catch up, your opponent is, like, beating you down into the ground, right? Whereas mm-hmm. in Commander, like, maybe someone else is taking the heat. Maybe some other stuff is happening, right? You have time to, to sit around to catch up. So so maybe the answer to this is just mulligan everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that might I- actually be the, the right the right honestly
2: thing. Uh, you probably get punished way less in commander by mulliganing but no one no one likes to do it but i think you're already, you are get lots of card draw in most of your decks too and one thing i've learned is you can only have seven cards in your hand i used to love <laughs> trying to draw as many cards as possible but i realized more just like having cards some cards in hand to do things is way more <laughs> important than drawing endless cards so going to five and then casting your Muldrift or whatever is perfectly fine so yeah i think you're right
0: Okay. I'm learning so, a
1: lot from this podcast. This is like an intervention <laughs> for me. <laughs>
0: do you not mull?
1: I think Tober mulls a lot. I do mull a lot. Like the the person who's giving this advice on these because these these two landers and one of the landers are so tantalizing, but I don't actually <sighs> so I don't tempting. I don't even run vampiric tutor. We don't run soul Ring. Like half these things are like we don't run Dox on Extortionist, so I'm like, oh yeah, sure, <laughs> I'm gonna run all these cards, but like then I mm-hmm. then I run like my garbage piles of <laughs> piles of garbage I'm like yeah I need to keep four lands or else it's bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, let, let's talk about colors. Okay, how yeah. how frisky are we feeling with colors? Two color decks. So you're running a two color commander. You have three lands of the same color. I.e. you're missing one of your colors. You're missing that, a color. Is that is that, is that keepable? keepable?
2: This one's really tough because it. It's very hand dependent, I think, mm-hmm. like if the rest of my hand is also the cards of the color of the lands that I have and I can do things, then it's probably fine. But I can play the cards I have in hand and I'll draw the other color by the time I need it. And by the time I draw cards of that color, if it's vice versa in my all the cards in my hand are the color that I don't have lands for, then I think you got to mull it right away. You, you can't YOLO it and like hope that you draw into it. So I think it really depends on the rest of your hand makeup. I'm with Seth. And your commander, like I guess, well no, I guess if you're fear two colour, you're not yeah. gonna cast your commander with one color, but yeah.
1: I'm with Seth. It really depends on what you can do with the that color. Like if you can cast stuff and you can if you have some sort of game plan for the first couple turns or whatever, then then I would keep it.
0: I think you just keep it <laughs> in like <laughs> 95% of the situations. Like even if Okay, let's let's say it's the worst case scenario, right? You have like Three, uh, three lands of one color, and then four cards of the other color that you can't cast any of them. Uh-huh. As you draw more cards, either you drew a land of the other color, right? Or you drew cards of the color lands you already have, so you can cast them, right? So it's like a very harsh scenario where you got to draw cards that are like five mana value or greater, or continue to keep drawing cards of the other color, so unless you're like Crim and you're playing like Cryptic Commands and yeah. stuff, like, like usually your, your pips are not like that intensive. So I, as long as the other cards are reasonable, I would keep it. So okay. I'm okay that you can't cast them as long as like they're good cards. such Let- that, You know, when you cast them, they, they do something useful.
1: Let's rephrase the question then. How about it's three lanes of the same color. And if you get one, a single card, it could be a ramp card or a lane card, any of those uh, that are of the other color, you can cast all the other cards in your hand. Would you keep it? Keep it. I know Richard's mm-hmm. a yes. I, I, don't, yeah. I, 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 I said yes. already. Yeah, I know yeah, Richard's already. So it a has yes. to be yes for this one. But sets <laughs> so like you—you you yeah. can't. You need to have uh, one more color, the other color. And it could be a ramp card or any ramp card then, or any land. And then it fixes card. your hand afterwards And my you your hand, hand is you can cast
2: everything in your hand once you get that one card. So my big issue with this hand is still that I don't have any ramp. <laughs> I still <laughs> I still <laughs> that's still my big issue. Like it's not so much the risk associated with it. I think like mathematically it would work out in that scenario if I only need one uh one colored source that I'm missing. But I don't know, shouldn't you just free roll to try to hit some ramp? <laughs> Okay. What if you get there's a of the
0: other color in there?
2: Oh, okay. Then it then it becomes more tempting. Then it becomes much more tempting. Oh, uh, I, I guess. Boy, I'd be on the fence, but I think yes, I think I would keep it if I knew that one thing would unlock my hand and I would be able to like execute my game plan well. Then I'm then I'm on board. I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. Five color deck. Three lands <laughs> of the same color. Uh, no, right? that In one is world? no. I
2: mean, maybe if TV. I have Chromatic Lantern is my three drop or something, but like if my commander yeah. was Golos, <laughs> <laughs> if my commander yes, if they unban Golos, <laughs> yeah.
0: you can only play Golos, but all your opening cans look like this. Would you do oh, and he's going okay. to hit two so, so more lands. lands. How many colors do your lands need to hit before this is a playable? So one is out. What about two colors? What if you can get two colors with these lands?
2: I think you really got to be looking three. I think you got to be, I think the minimum I would want is like a basic of each uh, three different basics. And I would prefer to have like all five colors between my dual lands and triomes and so forth. So, but I, I think three is like the minimum for me with yeah. some exceptions. Like if you got green ramp and you got green mana, like that changes everything. But in general, like assuming that's not happening, I think I want at least three colors.
1: I think my most consistent takeaway with all this, like now that we've gone through it for like an hour, is just like I will keep basically anything as long as the rest of the card. No,
2: no, no,
0: let me finish. Let me finish. it's reasonable, I swear.
1: I'll keep anything as long as like I have a game plan of casting the rest of the cards. Like what is the next couple oh. of turns being? So if it's like, okay. okay, it's a five color deck, so odds are probably this is not a keepable. But if I happen to have like the rest of the cards or the the cards that drop. Draw- our card draw engine, for example, uh, can be cast with those three lands, and then I can draw cards or, or ramp or do whatever, and find the other colors, and I'll be fine after that. Then fine, but it's highly unlikely; it's very unlikely that I that such a such a scenario would come up. It's like it's like Crim's mono green. Remember his his mono green deck that was actually five color sense. Bolas nonsense. <laughs> like okay, if he has three force and that, then yes, he probably is fine, right? But like I. Mean, yeah. I
0: the odds are now, no. right? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> In actuality, I might actually keep this because. Oh my all God, Five colored mana bases lean heavily on the world tree. The oh my God. God! The world tree fixes everything. Oh my God. <laughs> that is true. Sure. sure. Wow, that's so risky. That's one card. card. This is why you don't play basics, though, right? Because <laughs> no! by having three lands, you can actually get like more colors and this is why fetch triome mana base is so important yeah commander right because you can guarantee like if you have two fetches you you guarantee all your colors that's right and then if you have non-fetches they're triumph so they're already like three colors right so that's why the mana base is kind of important for these these decks
2: yeah i mean if this was two basics of the same color and a fetch the hand's fine hands good even because you get a triome with the fetch land and you get all four colors so yeah fetches really changed the equation
0: Alright, so... Play more so, basics. This, this one's for Seth, okay? Three ETB tapped lands, and then just random stuff. So, oh, what will those ETB tapped lands be in, like, a legit deck? Probably MDFC, probably Triomes, right? Like, <laughs> but, you know, Guild Gates if you're on a budget, right? So this like, is gonna sound... This is gonna sound bad, but I don't think ETB
2: tapped is, like... It's not a deal-breaker. I don't think it's that much of a punishment commander. Like... The, for the same reasons we were just talking about where you get a bunch of opponents if you're getting a slow start they're probably not ganging up on you and trying to like take you out so I, w- I, I keep all MDFCM pretty regularly like if the rest of my <laughs> hand is functional like three tap lands I, I am not shook that, is, that does not bother me at all <laughs>
1: I think when you have three in your hand then it's pretty pretty common that you're going to have like a two drop that is going to be a turn later or a three drop that's going to be a turn later so it's Meh. not ideal. I'm not happy about it. I would definitely try to limit the amount of tap lands I have in my decks to like five or so, so I won't have these situations that really? often. Yeah, like, I, you I'm bases. okay having I'm okay having one tap land in my hand because I can kind of get around it. Like I can I can play it early, and then it probably won't affect turn two or three, and then that's totally fine. But once it's like starting to interfere with how I sequence turns, then I'm not happy with it. But at the same time, if I am in a situation with three tapland cards, yeah, okay, I'll be a turn late. But like, if, if the four other cards are good, then I'm fine with it. It's okay, it's not the end of the world.
0: I think I it. I'm, I'm not happy. Would with you it. like? I, I think oh. one or two. So one or two, you can probably sequence around such that it doesn't bother you. But if your hand is like just full of taplands, you're like guaranteed to play off curve and, like. Your card qual like it it really sucks if you're playing rampant growth on turn three as opposed to turn two. It really sucks if you're playing uh, sky uh, like explosive vegetation effects on turn five instead of turn four. Like it's it's kind of like not that good, right? So I you need to have some plan to get back on curve. Hmm. Uh, So I don't like this, but I might keep it. It's close, but I (laughs) think I would lean towards mauling it. it depends what the stuff is too right if it's like undo inversion and stuff i'm like kind of want that to be a spell so i'm all like i'm not happy about playing it right or if it's like bounce lands then it's more okay because like i can mm. like I, I actually just drew a card in this deal so maybe i'm okay with that so well, i can reuse my mdfcs later so well it's bounce lands
1: bounce lands when you in your opener when all your other lands are tapped which means you're probably not going to be casting any spells is basically guaranteed that you're going to be like play a tap lane play a bounce lane discard down to hand size that's like the main fear is you really need to be able to cast something before you play your bounce land, so you don't have to discard down and if all your all your other lands are tapped then your odds are not you're going to be casting anything and then that's just like oof that's that's a bit major feel bad play a bounce land, discard you- down
2: to hand size <laughs> You do kind of lose the upside of getting, like, a free card draw, quote-unquote, from your bounce land if you just yeah. have to discard really <laughs> the It's still
0: good. It's still upside. Yeah. Uh, joke's on
2: you. I'm a reanimator deck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fine if you're a reanimator. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's just a price playing MDFCs. I think it's worth it's worth the cost. You get all this power from, and I guess it depends on your tap lands. Like if it's a bunch yeah. of gain lands or something, the the cheaty lands, like mm, I, for budget purposes, it's fine. But that feels a lot worse to me. But I'm willing to accept some slow hands if my lands are working like spells. Like I, I think for me, the cost is worth the the upside in the late game. I but, run MDFCs too. I
0: just I will not run cool, like yeah. ten ten of them. I'll run like four. So, so Seth will mull into a ramp hand because a non ramp hand is too slow, right? And, and the base level speed is like no ramp, but he has to mull above that. But if he's guaranteed to be actually behind, like one turn behind by playing all ETB tapped, he keeps. There's something inconsistent. Well, okay, Literally, because here, this. here's how it works, right? On one end. Seth loves
1: ramping. He doesn't want to be, he wants, he got to go fast. But on the other hand, he loves every single MDFC way too much. So, one, yeah, you... so, well, when, say when, too so, much, so but... it only works at like, it only works like, uh, if, if he does one or the other, it's fine. So, he will run like 10 MDFCs and he'll also run a bunch of ramp cards. And as long as he has one
2: of those in his hand, he's fine. <laughs> I didn't know my words from the first half of the podcast would be used against me in the second <laughs> half of the podcast. <laughs> but no, you're, okay, you well, are right. That is That might be a little contradictory.
0: <laughs> let's get to some interesting six land hands, okay? Whoa. Six land hands are So six lands, small card draws, <laughs> so like something that draws one or two, like a sign in blood or, or something like that. Is that capable? <clears throat> no. No. No, okay. No. Well, oh, well,
1: yes, in my six Wait. drop tribal deck, I would snap keep it. But I how wouldn't be allowed well. si- would to How you a uh, yeah. sign in blood in your I exact <laughs> deck? I But if I see six lanes in my six drop tribal deck and it's and a six drop, like, I keep Ooh. it. I'm like, that's great. This is
0: hilarious because Tover, Tover had this, and then he's like, six lands, <laughs> <laughs> let me cycle them away. Then you got fucking <laughs> five. And then I learned. All right, that was,
1: that was the first <laughs> run of the six drop tribal. It did not work out. I learned. <laughs> And it, it recently in Commander Clash, the crew saw the, the the refined version of Six Drop Tribal. I don't want to spoil it, but I'll have a link to it. And uh, it worked very well, and I kept like a five lander. It was great.
0: Okay. Six lands, big card draw. So like a Blue Sun Zenith, a Consecrated Sphinx. like Something that's going to draw you lots of cards. That's no. actually worse than the Sign of Blood Hand, I think. Yeah. That's,
2: I would rather keep the really? Sign of Blood Hand yeah me too because what <clears throat> blue sun zenith you're going to wait until turn six playing one land a
1: turn and not doing much and then you're going to draw a bunch of cards and discard down to hand size or whatever ugh but, but it's, it's you're like kind of
0: guaranteed to do something on like turn five or six when you blue sun zenith but you can sign in blood into two more lands and then be yeah, but you can sad, sign in blood right? into
1: like a three drop or something so at least you're doing something on turn three more consistently and if you blew Sun Zenith for five mana,
2: it's sign and blood, right? You're drawing two cards. <laughs> oh, God. <gosh, laughs> like... <laughs> I guess that's
0: true. All right. So so those are garbage hands. Six lands. Oh. The three are MDFCs. Oh, oh. <laughs> You have, this... you have some I potential have kept this hand in. so
2: many times. Yeah. Snap, snap what? keep on this one. Uh, I mean, it depends a little that... bit on what the MDFCs are. If they're yeah. all on new inversions and turn into symbiosis. Then it then it's a little bit sketchy, but if it's stuff I can do uh, relatively early in the game, uh, then I easily keep this because it's not really six lands. It's a it's a three lander. It's a yeah, three lander. The, and then most of the MDFCs what, what are MDFCs absolutely garbage. can you cast early
0: in the game. That's like actually useful. Tangle so is that two drop
2: one three that gains a couple of life. Tangle flora <laughs> That's a okay, good yeah, one. That, that was good. That
0: was that's a ramp spell. Yeah, okay. so that, that is that a ramp, so that's the best
1: one. is the best. And then I would say, in this situation the next one i would want is valakut awakening because if i if it's turn 3 or one. whatever and i don't have a good hand i can start shipping it for a better hand and that's yep. fine but, like yep. most MDFCs are not going to progress your early board. State. What are you doing? Haggar
2: mauling's okay. Haggar mauling. You, really, you it's want a... your early turn to be a oh. haggar mauling on turn four? I don't want it to be that, but it, it's not the end of it. Out of all the MDFCs, that's one so of the you less have bad an ones there. This is an intervention, so All
1: right, <laughs> you don't want to keep Zoff consumption, haggar mauling, and a crappy core cleric that gives you two life, <laughs> and with mean, your six
2: lane. in your hands. Life game. <laughs> then I can always just play him as land.
0: Oh, <laughs> Leave me alone. I think the best mdfs are situational. So ball again recovery, like you didn't do anything, you have nothing to buy back, so it's like kind of useless. Or like undo inversion, like you're just sitting around and hoping to get to eight mana. So I guess I actually should uh, this right you should. Unless it's when you actually over talked about.
2: When you talk through all the MDFCs, I think you're actually right. My my initial reaction is just MD, three MDFCs, keep it. It's like having three spells. But when you actually think through the actual MDFCs, then then I think you're right that you actually, unless you have the specific MDFCs, you probably should mull it.
1: They're very good, but they don't really advance your early board state as a thing. Like Tango Four Legion does, and the other ones, I don't, I can't think of another one honestly that does. There's a lot of good ones. Like I, I still love Sea Great Lord Restoration, but I don't want to have it in my opener a lot of them say. are
2: are a little expensive yeah. yeah they're more really good
0: late game effects yeah, yeah. six lands mass board wipe farewell hour yes Ooh. So, so, yes so the theory is really that you're so behind but I'm, you know you just play one land at a time and then you you, you reset the board
1: i basically won every good? single game that is like this basically <laughs> every single time i've kept i've my favorite one was like, I had, I played Zedger and Zedger, which is my, my worst deck ever. And I just remember having like three. I played on Mutsta's stream for a Mutsta video and I just kept three lands and I was just like, yeah, go ahead, do your things. I didn't cast a single thing until I did an hour and then boom, able to just unload mana rocks, all my things. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, wait, you don't have any mana rocks to play after that because you already cast them? Oh, that's sad. That's
2: too bad. Oh, it feels so good. Oh, oh, yes. So, uh, yes. <laughs> I don't want to sit there and do nothing for six turns. Even if I win as a result, I don't want to sit there and do nothing for six turns. So what? I think I That's think I relax. would ship it.
0: Oh, so, the anticipation of so so what that oh. recognizes mm. this. But I'm so sad <laughs> that he doesn't recognize this is the Richard strategy. <laughs> where So he, get, get this. So instead of like just playing six lands and then board wipe, you go Spirited Companion into Skyscanner. Oh, where no. it looks like you're doing stuff, oh, but you're not no. actually doing anything, right? And if you need to, you can block, you can attack, you can pressure Planeswalkers, sure. you can draw cards, and then you Mass Board Wipe. It's the same thing, but like, you're doing things <laughs> like to, to give you more options as you progress. But you never play Farewell, you don't believe in removal. No, I play Hour of <laughs> Revelation though, because what, so once, so, so her, once you play the Spirited Companion, Right when you farewell it away, uh, you can't buy it back later in the game, and you're gonna be very upset about your farewell. So you gotta switch. <laughs> you gotta switch what, what, once you've. Believe in the Sky Scanner Spirited Companion <laughs> package. Richard, Richard's
2: so next level. He's like playing horrible white creatures just to reduce the cost on his, his Hour of Revelation to make his rats a little bit better, so that he can get back the horrible. I think I like Richard's <laughs> <starry> <laughs> to a Spirit
0: Companion. The biggest companion. risk of this hand is you get run over before you make it to your board. If you actually have a Farewell, yeah, like a lot yeah. of stuff can happen before your sixth land drops. So if you're yeah. actually doing nothing, you could die. Yes, right. But if you throw off. A Wall of Omens, a Solemn, yeah, Skyscanner, keeps you alive, and, and then you can rip off the Farewell and you know, but I mean, destroy the player that kept four mana rocks, two lands, right?
1: But this is, this is a little bit uh, misleading because you still have a Commander. Like, I'm totally fine throwing my Commander onto the board if it's like a three drop or even a four drop. Have it do whatever and then just die to the board wipe afterwards. Like, that's totally fine. And then I still have a commander. Like, I don't, like, yes, this companion and that, that shell is obviously even better. That's like the best case scenario where you have all these like random, dirty value engines that are like ETB. They get you some value and then they just, they're there to die and buy time. That's great. But also you just have a commander. You just play your commander into this and then let it die and then cast all your other cards because they're free. <laughs> but yeah, I love
2: this. Right? I Wait, did a so Progress. Do, so would you
0: actually keep this though? What are we like? <laughs> Seth is bawling this. Tomer's keeping I, it.
2: Snap. <clears throat> I'm Mulliganing it just Snacky. so I can do something. Yeah. Do yeah, something I, so you can get exiled to farewell. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, the nightmare is you do, you do the, the Tomer plan and then Krim just counters your farewell and you did nothing and didn't read the board and then you definitely die. Well, I mean, if you have a Krim at the
1: table, then you're going to have to also adjust your decks, right? You what? need to run more. Like you need to run like Grand Abolisher effects. No, you need to run. You need to run Should Grand Abolisher effects. No, if you if you have somebody who's like every single deck in my in my collection is is Counter Magic deck, then you run you run like Grand Abolisher and stuff to make sure that those, those Farewells stick.
0: <laughs> But then your next farewell, you, you, once you kill your yeah. Grand Yeah, then, you then you're getting like countered little... all day, yeah. yeah. there's more silence effects <laughs> even in white. Alright, six lands Demonic Tutor. This is the is closest there, for me is to actually keep it. Is there any deck powerful enough where a Demonic Tutor will, like, fix everything?
2: I mean, you could Demonic Tutor into a wheel, maybe, and get a new hand. That doesn't seem
0: You just wheeled the table. You didn't. <laughs> like,
2: uh, they also
1: they also come up on top of that because they probably had like a ramp yeah. spell on turn two or something. You spent your turn two on demonic tutor and then your turn three on a wheel. So they probably got to unload some more impactful spells before that. I think there there's, there might be a situation Rhystic where that's funny. <laughs> what if you what if you demonic tutor into aristic study demonic tutor into your board wipe your board easy board keep is <laughs> <Easy> snap <laughs> keep snap <laughs> keep done
0: <laughs> done. Keeping well, it, well, but but Tomer, what if Krim is at your table? So not only will your board my get you carry, also get opposition agent too. <laughs> As you're doing this, uh, I don't think I, I don't think you keep it. This is, is the, the closest, You're like demonic but. tutor. I'll demonic tutor for a big draw spell. That's like the scenario that we poo pooed on. We no, already, right? yeah, we already said no
1: to that. So, so I guess. Wait. Richard, hmm. if you snap-keep six lanes and a mass wipe,
0: you have to snap-keep six lanes with <sighs> the Demonic Tudor. I, I wouldn't snap. I, I wouldn't maul that one. but oh, like no? the theory of it. No, because uh. I, I would rather just play my sky scanners and stuff into the board wipe, right? With <laughs> the... We're not enough. How that works. Not enough sky scanners are, in the yeah, hand for it. I came a Monty Tutor for five sky scanners, right? I came a Monty Tutor for one. and That's a weekend.
1: Right? I think this is this is an easy easy demonic tutor for a board wipe for me because you can't discount the fact that you have a commander too. Like if your commander can like block and and like kind of hang out, then you have the land to cast it. Like assuming it's six or less. But who's playing
0: commander to chump block though? Right? Like typically your commander is yeah. like part of some engine, but these six unless. Again, it's Golos. You need board presence. These lands are not helping your commander, right? You need board presence. I mean, your opponent's going to lose so much in the board wipe, you're just going to
1: lose your commander? Okay.
2: Good. It probably does depend a little bit on your commander. Like, if I I have a card advantage, like, if I have Prosper or something, and I'm going to be able to, like, start drawing cards at four or mm -hmm. something like that, then I'm more likely to be okay with... Probably any of these hands, honestly. Like actually back to the sign and blood one. Like if I if I have some card advantage engine that's coming down on three or four, then then they're fine. I'm kind of assuming that's not the case, and then I don't like any of these hands, but I think this hand's actually like the more I'm thinking
1: about it, the better it gets. Like if you just have like <laughs> if you have any commander that really wants a specific card to pair up with it that makes it busted, then Monic Tutor is getting it on turn two. And, and depending also on what you're drawing, you could be drawing non-lane cards and you, Demonic Tutor is just so flexible. It will always comp, it will be the best card in your hand. And you have enough lanes to hit all your lane drops and stuff. You have a commander. So you have two, two very castable cards. One of them is literally the best card in your deck for any situation. And one of them is your commander that your deck is built around. And you have, you have lane drops for days. I don't know. This is this is it better. I don't even have to be like the
0: the mass board but, wipe play. You can mull into a much stronger hand, right? You can mull into like three lands, two other strong cards, and tutor, right? Like, but I
1: I love my my mass wipe and to start
0: having fun. But you can playing. still have that because once you you mull like you could draw a tutor again, or you could draw another you know an actual board wipe, right, or whatever, right? Card draw.
1: But tutor, demonic tutor, is so good. You can get literally any card for two mana.
2: It seems pretty easy for your for your second hand to be better than that to me. Yeah. <laughs> like if you got six lands, it's really yeah, but it could be worse. Tough for me to construct many scenarios where I would want to keep six. It could be worse though. It could be, but mathematically.
0: Right. So now we're we're going to so th- these are all like mana related. So we're going to we're going to close things out with uh I think the hardest small decisions. So ideal mix of land and spells. So okay. whatever that is. So, like, three lands and then some stuff. No ramp. Seth has stated time and time again. you Ship it. This, right? Ship it.
2: You get a freebie. You get a do, freebie. Do ball
1: this Ship one? One? it. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so,
2: by, so, by ideal, I don't mean, like, literally the best card in your deck, but, like, four lands, three spells, three lands. Like, the the right mix. Like, the optimal mix of land and spells. Yeah. Not that you necessarily have the god draw of, like, uh, my whole combo is in hand and I went on turn three or something. Just so that's clear.
1: Because, like, I think there are two, like, I, I agree with Seth that, like, I like having ramp in my opener hands, I like having my early plays being ramp, but I also like just hitting lane drops, being able to cast the spells in my hands consistently, knowing that, and if I have, like, an incremental draw engine that I can play early then I'm okay with just keeping a hand that has that instead of a ramp thing. It doesn't have to be like ramp or bust for me. Like if I have a turn one S Esper Sentinel, I don't really care if I don't have any ramp. Or even if I have like a turn one like creature and then I have like a Mask of Memory turn two and I'll keep hitting lane drops from there or I find another ramp card after that. Like that's fine. There's okay. like a mini so scenario.
0: No ramp is okay, but you have to have card draw. Usually, yeah, right. Yeah. If you don't have card draw and no ramp. Um, then, then it's sad no. panda. Yeah. <laughs> Seth, would you, would you keep
1: ideal mix
0: keep the, card draw uh, but no ramp,
1: and it has to be early card draw too. It can't be none of That'd this be, blue you, Sun on up garment. I mean, if curve.
2: I if I have the Esper Sentinel with the like ideal mix, then then I, that's probably fine. If I have early early card draw, then it's probably fine.
0: Okay, and then I'll, what about ideal mix? No card draw, no ramp, but like your combo pieces, your win con- like the your win cons.
2: Uh-huh. So so like I have Deceiver X kiki Giki or something like I have the yeah. the full like literally well, win the game combo. One. Let's say you ha- let's say
0: you're like a oh. two card or three card combo deck, right? And you have one of the pieces, so you're not the full combo, oh. but you're like halfway there. <laughs> then I think I ship it. If I have
2: the whole, like if I draw my hand, I'm like, oh my god, I got the win the game combo in hand. Then I'll probably take the the no ramp, no card draw, mm. draw, trusting that I'll get to it. One combo piece though, not interested. I'd rather rather ship it and try to ramp or card draw. And the combo has to be playable with the
1: hand, I think. Like if you have like, oh, this my combo requires like nine mana on a single turn,
2: then it's like, oh, well, if it's in my opener, it doesn't really that it doesn't help me for a while. So, like, I'm not I'm not shipping Thoracle. Like if I have Thousand yeah. Oracle, Demonic <laughs> Consultation, and, yeah. and all lands, okay, we're we're good. No ramp. That's yeah, fine. just wait until turn three and win. <laughs>
0: I think if I have one... Like, if it's a two-card combo or three-card combo, I have one. I think I keep. Ooh. Because, like, your card draw is essentially... You're just spending all this time to draw into this Trying combo Trying to piece. find the combo. So, if you mm-hmm. have it. But, like, if, you know, I have, like, a five-card combo or something convoluted, yeah. then I'm going to need a lot more help. So, I, I I will mull into that. But if it's, a like, an actual playable, like, non-jank combo that people run... Uh, Okay, what about the most powerful card in your deck but it's a finisher like Craterhoof? Ball?
1: what do you mean yeah, like I mean, you have like the like ideal, ideal the, mix
0: ideal mix but then you have no, like no the card best draw. card whatever it is but you know it's not being played
2: till like the end of the game. Having your finisher in hand on your opening hand is not that valuable. Like yeah, it's yeah. just it really isn't. Like uh, you'd almost in some ways rather just have it in your deck so it doesn't get wheeled away or something into your graveyard. So, yeah, that doesn't really appeal to me to have my you know. finisher to start with.
1: Like a six or greater card in my opening hand counts as like a minus one card for me, in That's most like a cases. Mulligan. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like it's like it's like a six lander because <clears throat> I, I don't count it as a card in my hand.
0: All right, last last one. This is for Tomer, okay? Mix <laughs> mix of lands and spells, ramp, and spot removal. <laughs> so 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 let's say like three lands, Kodama's Reach, Beast Within. Lightning! I don't know, like, Swords of flashers, <laughs> Like, like Snap not keep. not a board wipe, but just, like, spot removal. Snapkeep. Death? I'm, uh, no.
2: I'm not, I'm oh, not, wow. I'm not gonna, i would not There's ramp in there, though. There's ramp in there. Oh, wait. Oh, I, I missed the ramp. Wait, say it one more Three time. So, so Three lands, Kodama's reach. Three
0: lands, Kodama's reach, and then the rest is spot removal.
2: Oh, no. Oh. I mean, I probably wouldn't have three Spire removal spells <laughs> in my deck, but if I was in that scenario, the Kadama's Reach would be... That That would that would be fine. I would keep it.
0: I, I would snapball it and wonder who stole my deck. <laughs> just to get rid and of it? it like, three, <laughs> and three then I, I too play much. some unbeatable <laughs>
1: commander card. Or unbeatable commander, and then you just lose. Then, and you're then like, I die, oh. right? But, but then but you die. I, but there, there
0: are plenty of games where I, I want to avoid, where you have a grip full of cards, you have a ton of mana... And you do literally nothing because like you're opening hand with something like counter spell beast within you know something right and you're just sitting yeah. there you have nothing proactive <laughs> to do with it
2: I, I feel like you're describing krim's nut draw <laughs> that's like the krim dream, <laughs> krim, the krim dream. Krim, yeah. i'll talk about krim <laughs>
0: krim is like he will he will keep any land <clears throat> like any hand with ideal mix of lands and spells he will also keep five landers because he's like very afraid of mauling to a one lander. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. He does get mana screwed a lot. accurately describe <laughs> Yeah, I think that's about right. I'm,
2: but I look,
1: I look at my decks, and I'm not even like that that crazy on on like <laughs> removal either. Like, I have like eight removal spells in my Mech Titan deck. Like, it's like eight. It's not very it's high not removal.
0: Or are you including board wipes?
1: I've even included. Well, yeah, Mech Titan is actually kind of low. Uh, my Changeling deck. Let's see, I have. The th- 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 board wipes. I have three board wipes, and then spot removal. I have seven spot removal.
2: Whoa! I usually <laughs> probably have like, like two spot removal, maybe something like that. I'll play the board wipes. I'll still have like three or four
0: board I can't wipes. You guys, but... mock me, but not Seth. Seth plays like just <laughs> as much like, spot removal as I do. <laughs> seven is. Seven is almost guaranteed to have like one in your hand, like every single like opening hand, right? Yeah, and well, one of them is guaranteed. Maul. One
1: of them is a card draw engine, Belicore, the Dark Master. So an ETB draws cards, and then okay, doesn't really things. count. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay, I mean, yeah, like, actual
0: <laughs> like pure spot removal. All right.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Okay. So uh, those are all of our mall decisions. <laughs> Listeners, have, have you made it to the end? Have, have you agreed with us? <laughs> have, are, are are we mulling more or less because of this podcast now? Maybe we've talked ourselves more. More. I've talked myself into
2: mulling more. Just as we talk through this, should be should be free rolling, Commander Free Mulligan? Take advantage of it. That's that's well of the
1: format. I don't even know what the takeaway is on this. Like, I think I mull quite decently in the actual games, but then here I'm like uber greed. <laughs> 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 I don't know why. <laughs> You tantalize me, that's why. You get these all these delicious pitches.
0: I feel I'm pretty conservative. Well, like, I'm I, yeah. I all for the, like, 670 is not okay with me. It has to be 90. I, I'm a Frank Karsten believer. Yeah. Whereas I'm surprised you guys are happy for 70 percenters. That seems I'm, extremely low. I'm just happy. I'm happy if I can
1: cast most. Like, if I have a game plan for the first couple turns and I can cast things... Then, then that hand is good with me. If I have a hand that can't cast things, unless you got very lucky, then I'm not gonna keep it. That's, that's basically how I, I view no. moles. That's really it. Casting and things
0: in magic we, is we, good. We do but it, yeah, but it doesn't matter what it is. We a, a lot more on yeah. like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> one land, greets, you know, two Kodama's Reaches. like, uh, snap keep. I feel if, Dude, if we sit down and talk the <laughs> about it. Two lane Kodama's, the right Kodamas answers, Reach. We don't actually do it when we actually play.
1: The two lane Kodama's Reach is a snap keep no matter what. That is, that is, uh, I don't even, I don't, I don't, don't give me the math. I don't want to know the math. It's always <laughs> right. It's always correct. All right. 100%
0: of the time. All right, so uh, let, let us know what, how you would mulligan and if you think we should mulligan more or less and if you think we know what we're doing. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you, everyone.